Let's open our Bibles tonight to 1 Kings chapter 3. First thing, 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, we're going to begin with verse 1 and take for our text verses 3 through 15. We have the story here of Solomon when he requests wisdom of God. I want you to notice especially how gracious God is with Solomon and with us. 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Solomon wasn't supposed to do that. You understand that, make a treaty with Pharaoh and take... Pharaoh's daughter for a wife. But notice. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was a great high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You've shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with, with you. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is to this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go in or to come out. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart, or wisdom, uh, to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked for this thing, and not asked for a long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked a life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, Behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall there be any arise after you like you. And I have also given you uh, what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be not anyone like you among all the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you just for the privilege of being here. I thank you for these folks that are here. They could have been anywhere else, but because they love you, they chose to be in your house. Father, be with those that are sick and afflicted and could not be here. Those in our nursing home that would like to be here but cannot. The others that might have had things come up that hindered them from being here. Lord, you be with them. 
Father, be with us tonight. And teach us from your word and let us, uh, uh, let us just focus on you. Lord, teach us that we'll grow and be your servants. And Father, as you do these things for us, we'll praise your holy name. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'll never forget uh, driving with my dad uh, in his semi through Oklahoma on the turnpikes. There was one uh, restaurant that went across the highway. Okay, And you could see out. It was glass on both sides. And we always stopped there to eat. And we always stopped for breakfast. And we stopped there for breakfast because they had what they called back in those days. They called it a buffet. It was a smorgasbord. And as a little kid, I was amazed that I could get whatever I wanted, as much as I wanted, even if it made me sick, as long as I didn't throw up in Dad's truck. Okay? And so I would just pig out. I mean, when they said, it's all you can eat, they were losing money on this country boy. I mean, it was, it was, it was wonderful. They had, they had T-bone steaks on it. They had fried eggs, scrambled eggs. Uh, they had some kind of thing called a poached egg that I hadn't tried yet. They, they had every kind of meat you can imagine on there. Uh, they had hash browns. They had some kind of funky other potato that I didn't try. It looked a little odd to me, some kind, of, some kind of dumpling or something. I didn't really understand what it was. They had everything. But you see, I believe... That when it says all you can eat, the human tendency for a lot of us is to indulge. Okay? Well, we come to a section of scripture where really God asks Solomon, What do you want me to give you? It's sort of a blank check, carte blanche, if you will. It's sort of you ask it and you'll you'll get it. It's sort of what uh, Matthew says in his gospel in Matthew 21, 22. Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. It's sort of uh, uh, akin to what James says in his gospel when he says, The fervent prayer of a righteous man shall heal the sick. Or when he talks it earlier, he says, If you lack wisdom, ask God, who gives all liberally. So what are we to look at in this passage? You know, I believe that we should seek wisdom from God before the things of the world. We should seek wisdom from God before the things of the world. And how do we do that? You see, before Solomon gave an answer, he did some things. Very simple things that I think we need to do also. The first thing that I see that he did was this. He looked backward. He looked backward. You see, it says in verse 3, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he burned incense in high places. It goes on, says he went to Gibeah and sacrificed there. It's a great high place. He offered a thousand burnt offerings. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, What shall I give you? If God said, What shall I give you? What would you answer? Okay. Would you have the wisdom that Solomon seemed to have in asking what he asked? And Solomon said, You've shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You see, he looked backward. What he did, he saw his father's faith. He saw how God had led him, protected him, blessed him. This was a crisis decision. I mean, how do you answer the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one true God, when he says, ask what you want. Ask what you want. I mean, if you think about it, what would you have asked for? If God came to you in a dream tonight 
And he said, you love me, you've served me, ask what you want. What would you ask for? I mean, that, that's sort of an important question. But he, he did the first thing. He looked back and he saw his father's faith and that sort of guided him. It was a crisis decision. And, and uh, he saw all the memories of what had happened to his dad flooding in upon him. And he knew this was a critical moment. You see, he knew that God had helped his father make good choices. That God had led his father to make right choices. And so it sort of grounded him as he looked backward. The point is this, when God calls us to do something, when God says, I want to give you something, we need to look backward at our faith and see how God has responded in the past, how he's led us, how he's guided us, how he's blessed us, what he's done for us, for our families, uh, for those that went before us, and that will guide us in how to follow him today. You see, you don't forget your spiritual history. All right. One of the problems we have as a country right now is that we have a whole bunch that have led us away from our spiritual history. One of the things that's wrong with our churches today is that we have forgotten our spiritual history. Now see, history is just that. It's history. You have to be concerned with what God is doing now or your church dies. Did you hear that? You have to be concerned what God is doing now or the church is dead. If all you can do is talk about the good old days, that's a pretty good sign. The church or your faith is stale. But you cannot forget the past. People went before us that laid the groundwork for Gasol Baptist Church to exist 150 years. People went before us that had the faith to follow God, build a building, set up ministries, try to Start something in the community that would last until Jesus came back. So you can't forget your history, but you can't be lost in it either. And he looked back, and I think he saw his father's successes, his father's failures, and how God had blessed in spite of it. Remember what I said when we started this, how gracious God was. See, Solomon even now wasn't doing exactly what he was supposed to do. He married a foreign woman. He was offering uh, sacrifices on the heights. Okay, that wasn't to be done. Even without a temple, they were to go to the tabernacle and the priests were to offer. So he wasn't totally obedient, but it says he loved God. And, and that speaks of a tender heart. It said that he loved God and, and God responded to that with his offerings because he had a love and he responds to our love when we express it to him. And he wants to bless us. But to truly know the blessing to ask God for, we need to remember our history. We need to look backwards and see where we've come from and how God has guided us. Then verse 7 says he didn't just look backwards, he looked within. Because he said in verse 6 that he walked before you in truth and righteousness, speaking of his father. You can hear this great blessing you gave him a son to sit on this throne as this day in himself verse 7 he looked inward now O lord my god you have made your servant king instead of my father david but notice but i am a little child i do not know how to go out or to come in he looked within what he's saying is i have no experience i didn't defeat great armies like my father did 
I don't know how to go out for war or come in for war. I don't know how to lead this people. Uh, they don't look at me as a man's man and somebody that's a fierce warrior. I am young with little experience. As he looks in, he's saying, how to go out or come in, I, I don't know that. But you see, he was certain of one thing that we need to be certain of. And that certainty is this. If we're led by God, it gives us the opportunity for greatness in the kingdom. Did you hear that? When God leads us, there's opportunity for greatness in his kingdom. But it comes from examining ourselves. I, I don't like it when people examine themselves and say, I can do it. Because without God, we can't do it. Without God's leading, without God's blessing, without God's power, without the Spirit falling, we can't do it. And it's arrogance to think we can. But with God, we can do whatever He appoints for us to do. I said whatever He appoints for us to do. Don't tell me, Brother Gary, I can't do that if God is telling you to do that. Don't say, well, I don't. No. If God is calling you to do something, He equips you to do it. If God is calling you to do something, he walks beside you and empowers you while you do it. So he looked within. Have we taken an inventory and realized that on our own we can't do it, but with God we can? And do we stand in that faith? You see, there was a lot of wisdom saying, I'm just a child. I don't know how to go out or come in. I, I had to depend on God. I had to depend on you, Father. The third thing, he looked about him. Look at verse 8. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Think about it. He's here. He's the new king. David's had a successful reign. He looks about him and he sees all the number of the people he's supposed to lead and he feels overwhelmed. He looks at all of them with all their problems, with all the things they look for him. He says, I don't know what to do. It's an impossible job. This leadership is more than I can do. So say I. I haven't learned a lot in the years that I've had, in the years I've been in ministry. But one thing I have learned, I can't do it. But God can. What I don't know how to do. God gives me somebody who does know how to do. You see, an impossible work always is always what God is after. Let me say it another way. The way Henry Blackaby said it this way. If you can do it, God's not in it. Because God does things that only he can do, so he gains the glory. And there's a danger there spiritually because when we get to thinking that we, we have it under control, then that means we've probably not depended on God the way we should depend upon God. You know, after you sing a little while, if you're good at it, you're supposed to be more comfortable with it. I'm never comfortable with it because I'm not good at it. That's not my gift. After you preach a little while, you get better at it. After you teach a little while, it becomes more comfortable. But we should never lose that point of realizing that without God, there is no teaching, preaching, singing that makes any impact at all. 
The Holy Spirit's got to be the one in control. God has got to be leading. And he looked about him and said, look at all this. I don't know what to do, but you do. You see, even when your responsibility makes you feel inadequate, trust God. When it makes you feel unworthy, you're right where God wants you to be. Because if you feel worthy, God's probably not calling you to do that. If you feel like no big deal, God's probably not blessing that. Do we understand that as the nominating committee's working and asking for names to be turned in and, and the jobs that you have upcoming? Some of you have done them for years and praise God for your faithfulness. I'm not telling you to quit. Do not come across with that. I'm saying do the best. Depend on God. That is the best. That's the only way for it to be accomplished. Then he looked upward. Look at verse 9. It says, Therefore give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, Because you have asked for this thing, and have not asked for a long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any arise like you after you. I've also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among all the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and it had been a dream, and he came to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the covenant, offered up burnt offerings, peace offerings, and made a feast for all of his servants. You see... He looked upward and made his request. Give me wisdom. Let me know how to go in and out. Give me a heart for justice. Let me know what is truth. And he spent the rest of his life doing exactly that. The wisest man who ever lived. And what he asked for pleased God. I don't know a lot of things. But when you ask God for his kind of wisdom, that pleases God. Remember what Proverbs said? Trust not, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God's wisdom. Do we understand that? We need to understand it's different than man's wisdom. It pleased God and God said, obey me. I'll give you long life and obey me. and You're going to be blessed. Okay. So how do you take a lesson like this? A brief one. And put it to practice. You need to ask yourself. And I need to ask myself some questions. In the upcoming months. Years. However long God gives us. What challenges does he have for us. That he wants us to turn over to him. And are we willing to do that. What are the rewards he promises us if we do that. And what are the directions he's willing to show us. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe tonight you need to come and turn some things over to God. You've been puzzling over them and they've confused you and you just want to do His will and you need to come and lay them at the altar. 
Maybe you need to come and ask for wisdom. Maybe you need to come in rededication and say, I've been living it my own way and I've made a mess and I, I want God to take control. Maybe you need to come and make other decisions. I don't know, but God is waiting on us to ask him because he wants to answer us because we are his children. So if you need to come, I'm going to pray. We're going to stand. Brother Ronnie's going to lead the hymn invitation and you come as you need to come. Father God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us your word and the example of how Solomon in humility asked what he needed to ask. And for your graciousness, that even though we're not perfect, you still love us and answer our prayers. And Father, you still use us, even though we have problems. And Father, we just ask right now that your will and only your will be done in Christ's name. Amen.